0: Hi, welcome to Leadership with Randy. I'm Randy Powell. Today, you're listening to a few highlights from our weekly conversation, Lessons in Leadership.
1: And this sort of paralleled our advances technologically. It seemed like the more technologically advanced we became, you know, one step forward for technology, two steps backwards for humanity. And There seemed to have been sort of a, a, a cultural emptiness that was happening.
0: Most of us would never willingly give our families or ourselves something every day that is known to be harmful, but have perhaps unknowingly been doing so daily in our technological age dominated by cell phones and social media. We're joined today by Dr. Nicholas Carderis, author of Glow Kids, founder of Omega Recovery, Maui Recovery, and Launch House. Dr. Carderis has extensive experience in addressing addiction and recovery, and educates us on the research around how technology is damaging the physical development of our kids' brains harming in our decision-making skills, hampering our creativity, and increasing our feelings of depression. Here's some highlights of our conversation with Dr. Carderis.
1: I discovered in working with people that were struggling, they, they, most of them had lost <clears throat> excuse me, a sense of purpose and meaning in their lives. It was a deficit of meaning and purpose that would lead to some of these bad outcomes, and that was true in my case as well. Screen time is a stimulant that affects the brain in the same way that other stimulants do. So when we think of stimulants at the low end of the spectrum, we think of coffee, then we think of, you know, increasingly stimulants like cocaine and crystal meth. And so stimulants essentially tickle our dopamine uh, and dopamine is the feel good neurotransmitter because how much something raises your dopamine tends to correlate with its addictive potential. Well, in that 1998 study where these were 1998 video games, not nearly the um, arousal factor of 2022 video games, they raised dopamine 100%, the same amount as sexual activity. So you're, you're spiking dopamine in a way that's very unhealthy, and and now you're creating habituation. situation that's called the dopamine reward loop. Now you have young people who are chasing that, hyperarousing, dopaminergic, what we call dopaminergic experience in the same way that a cocaine addict would. It does begin to affect the neurophysiology of the brain. So a chronic substance addict begins to have a compromised prefrontal cortex. The, that part of the brain begins to actually physically shrink. Um, it's called the DGM, the dense gray matter of the frontal cortex atrophies. And so that further compromises good decision-making. Well, we've seen that same impact with excessive screen time and kids, that part of their brain begins to shrink. But we're getting them habituated to very um, high, what we call high, high stimulation screen experiences. And so without that, kids now become really bored when they're doing anything else. They did an fMRI to show that their brains weren't compromised. And then they had them game for one week, then two weeks. And then they did a post fMRI. 10 hours a week is like a walk in the park. It's moderate gaming usage. And yet it had a pretty significant effect on their prefrontal cortex. And then even more so after two weeks. And then the question that begs asking is what happens after two years, 10 years, 15 years? We have no idea. So I've looked at social media spreading psychiatric disorders, literally like a digital um, virus spreader. And so this was what we call a sociogenic effect or uh, a social contagion effect. 2019, we had the highest rates of suicide or over 42,000 suicides. We had the highest rates of overdose, over 70,000 overdoses. We had the highest anxiety, depression, and ADHD rates ever and then COVID only amplified all of those. and, and all those psychiatric metrics were uh, uh, disproportionately affecting young people under 35. And so it's in our psychological DNA to be social and, and uh, it's also in our, um, it's, in, it's in also in our DNA to be physically active. Well if you think about what technology does, it makes us sedentary. And it makes us less face-to-face interactive. This was no, as you mentioned, this was no accident. This was by design of uh, advanced behavior modification techniques. The blue light of a screen uh, uh, for our brain simulates daytime. And so their circadian sleep cycle gets disrupted because we go into the state where we're confused about night and day. It's important the, the quality of the connection that we have with our kids. And and what they found was that if we're in a room with our kids, but we're not fully present, it's more impactful than if we weren't even there. Rather than being in a room with your child and ignoring them in deference of your device, because now your child is getting the message, I'm not not more important than this device. Uh, I talk about age-appropriate technology. Allow our children's brains to develop as healthy and as normally as they can before we drop the digital bomb into their lap. And the best thing that you can do to a child's neurological development is allow them to be bored. And creative play is what really fires up the neurosynaptic connections of children. So kids who play make-believe are really developing active imaginations and powerful minds. When I work with kids who've been raised on iPads, they don't have an imagination because all their imagery has been pre-baked for them. And and we're robbing them of opportunities to feel uncomfortable, to grow through that, to to entertain themselves. There's a movement called Wait Until Eight, Wait Until Eighth Grade where you don't get kids' phones. And I'm a big fan of the Gab phone, G A B B phone. The problem is it's a little bit of Russian roulette. You don't know which kid is going to be the kid that's going to not be able to stop in a healthy way and which kid Can or can't. You know, that phenomenon of sitting at a restaurant alone together looking at our screens, that wasn't happening 10 years ago. So parents have to be the adults in the room and not allow the devices before a certain age. You know, some people just say, well, this is just the way things are now. But, but, But don't we have a say in that? Don't we have, can't we pump the brakes on this a little bit? Yeah, you know, that's my message. Let's, let's slow this down, at least for the kids, a little bit.
0: I hope these highlights from our conversation with Dr. Carderis inspired you to want to know more about the dangers of technology and potentially technology addiction in your own life or the lives of your family and friends. You can order Glow Kids from your bookseller. And remember in September to order Digital Madness by Dr. Carderis as well. You can learn more about Dr. Carderis' work at drcarderis.com or omegarecovery.org. You can listen to the full interview at this site or see the videos of our talk at leadershipwithrandy.com. Let's get after it. Be courageous, be strong, be resilient, and never give up. I'll see you soon.